from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm in the stage of not just wanting to burn myself out and make a product for someone else. I want to work with the community. In a lot of ways, we don't have access to our West African roots. However, I, it took a while for me to realize, like, I do have roots, though. I have roots here. My parents are from St. Louis. Their parents, their parents. Like, for many generations, we have roots particularly to this city. My friends and I, it just was a phrase I was using all the time because of like, oh yeah, my friends and I went to the mall. My friends and I made this. My friends and I cooked together. And it just became this sort of thing in this statement. And I realized like, oh, I, that's what I want this to be called. I'm Sarah Fenske. Cami Thomas's film Summer in St. Louis is just one minute and 31 seconds long, but it captures an entire mood, a season, and in some ways, a city. If my revelations of revelations is bona fide truth, then it surely means there really are seven trumpets, seven angels, stationed in each corner of our earth. St. Louis trumpets are made of ram's horns like Moses, but I know they just as loud. And I know you hear us, and I know they've always heard us. When the first trumpet sounded in the streets, I saw this became the ox that hoist loads twice its weight. Pavement melted into the toy grains of sand that wears itself into the grooves of our sneakers. Why did in the west side with us or don't? But know that summer belongs to the ones who survived the heat with the heat. Tucked into the belt loops or prayed on knees of my grandmothers and yours. Beat the heat always meant other things in the summertime. Those pops in July made us jump differently. Because our hearts thumb to the rhythm of make it home safely, soundly. My friends want to sleep soundly. And that is the opening of Cami Thomas's Summer in St. Louis, which captures the heat of the summer in this muggy city. It recently won Best Super Short Drama at the Berlin Flash Film Festival. And joining us today to tell us all about it is director Cami Thomas. Cami, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. So this film is so gripping. What was your original idea going into filming this? You know, my original idea was just to, to capture what I was feeling. Uh, I really wanted to archive the way that the summer felt. Uh, my friends and I and a lot of other creatives in the city, we really started to feel like, you know, summer in St. Louis of, of 2021 is going to go down in history for us locally. I mean, just so much change in the world and in the city and in the country mixed with sort of the creative renaissance that happened this summer. And I really wanted a way to, to archive that for myself and then share it with people. So this, uh, the preacher, the poet, uh, the voice we hear, mm -hmm. this feels really like the book of revelations. Was that intentional? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was. I, I, I wrote the poem, um, you know, kind of in this place of, of meditation. And I grew up in the church. It's not, you know, somewhere that I go frequently uh, at this stage of my life, but I did grow up in the church. I'm very, very familiar with the book of Revelation and even the idea of um, of revolution, of apocalypse, like things like that, that imagery that was used, um, you know, in the Bible in that particular book. I started to see some parallels when it came to, 
you know, the plagues and, and things like that and realizing St. Louis is in this space of uh, very raw change in a way that feels like a revolution or in a way that feels that way. So I definitely wanted to bring in some of that language that I learned from the book of Revelation and, and apply it to what I was seeing around me today. I feel like so often in today's popular culture, anytime somebody's spouting things from the book of Revelation, they're crazy. <laughs> but this guy doesn't seem crazy. Do you think we're at the point now where the apocalypse, this doesn't feel like the per view of, of somebody who's a religious nut. This feels like somebody who maybe has vision. I think so. I mean, I the way I've experienced St. Louis and, and being who I am, being a, a black, um, queer woman, being from North County, from the Ferguson Florissant area, I mean, I have lived a life that's felt a lot like in some ways an apocalypse or a revolution pending, the brewing, the the boiling over feeling uh, that I've just grown very used to. I didn't realize for a long time that that's not necessarily common in other places. To have or, that level of tension. Exactly, to have that level of tension, exactly. So, you know, for me, there were so many parallels directly from that book that that sort of mirrored what I was actually feeling. So, uh, and the guy reading it, Muhammad, mastermind, he, he's also who did the score. So while I wrote it, he narrated it, and it was just a good marriage between that, which was which was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's that rare film where it, it works just as well, just hearing the audio. I mean, mastermind is so good. He is, he's he a does. mastermind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> so this should be just a track in addition to the film work. Mm-hmm. But the film, not to sell the film short at all, the film really gives us just a, a view of the city. Um, and it feels like we're getting to see corners of the city that don't always show up in like the tourism videos. Where did you film this? Um, mainly on the south side of St. Louis, which is where I live. Uh, it's where a lot of my friends live, really around, uh, you know, Cherokee Street, Profield Reserve, um, Tower Grove South is where so many artists live and create and paint and make music and make videos and photos. So the South Side was such a hub this summer. It felt like everywhere I walked, there was someone. It felt like being in a, in a movie or a show. Like mm. people are waving, beeping their horns because everybody knows each other. Um, and it was just a beautiful community feel. So I just wanted to, to make sure to be on the South Side while we filmed this. So was that um, your experience while you're doing the shoot? That people are driving by, they know who you are, they're saying hi? Totally, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I was driving around yesterday with my dad uh, and, and we ran into two people just as we drove for three or four minutes or something like that. That's definitely the experience now. So it feels like it would be really hard to contain a universe within a minute and 31 <laughs> seconds. Like how do you even begin to go about planning something like that, like trying to capture this world in this moment. Yeah, you know, I think our worlds uh, personally and our lives are made up of these small moments. When you think about your life, sure, there's a memoir of all of the experiences together, but if you were to just zoom in or if you could time travel and you could only experience a minute and a half of, of that year in your life or something like that, there's still plenty that happens in that in that minute and a half. Um, so I wanted to capture something just sort of like bite-sized. Um, it doesn't have to be all-encompassing to be specific and to feel relevant to someone. And I think having a background in poetry and starting with the poem and working from there meant in as much as that is there currently with the words, there's as much... Th- 
there in the silence and in just the b-roll and in those kind of intentional decisions to pause doing the poem so that it's a minute and a half but it feels it feels longer and it makes Mm -hmm. it feel like you're actually experiencing life in the summer in St. Louis for a minute and a half. (laughs) So how long does it take to make a minute and a half film? Uh like a month. (laughs) (laughs) You're not just slapping this off like here's my my Instagram reel. (laughs) Yeah no not at all I mean and I just in my professional work I am a producer and director just for commercial work so the way the amount of things it takes you know casting location uh props and um visuals and the sound and the poem refining things it it takes a long time so it was about a month of filming it and planning and then about another month in post or so um to come down to a a minute and 30 but uh it you know it felt worth it so if people want to see this film for themselves uh, you can see summer in st louis on our website that's stlonair.show i mean talk about like the perfect thing for the modern attention span it's a minute 31 (laughs) like you want to check this film out and it does feel longer but in a good way like Mm -hmm. it feels like there's depth to it and there's layers and so you entered this in the berlin i don't want to misstate this the berlin flash film festival um was that one of the first places that you'd entered it was yeah you know since we're towards the end of the year and even the film festival circuit I just submitted to a few and I'd never done that before um, just to just to do it just to see if people um, in different countries or in other cities were able to relate to the to the content so I love Berlin it's one of my favorite cities I've been there twice and I'm just in love with the artistic community there so it felt really special to have them accepted and also awarded something for uh, for that, that was, yeah was how did nice. you find out you won I found out just via an email I think it was in the morning I was still in bed and I checked it and I was on the phone with my girlfriend and I just yeah I sent it to her and I was super pumped about it so that was yeah that was really really nice and even validating knowing people in St. Louis are obsessed with St. Louis and just with our you know our baseball team and our food like we just we we love ourselves um but it's really special to know that it can translate elsewhere and that people looked at this looked at our city looked at what we made St. Louis kids made um, and, and liked it enough to say, you know, we're going to give an award to this. So it was really special. And will that open some doors for you now that you can say, like, yeah, you know, I got this award from this film festival? Yeah, maybe so. If anything, it just feels it feels nice on my heart, you know, and we'll see where that goes as far as professionally. But, you know, if anything else, it just makes me feel feel proud of what we made. We're talking to the filmmaker Cami Thomas, uh, who recently won a, an award from the Berlin Flash Film Festival for Best Super Short Drama. Super Accent short. on Super Short. Again, it's a minute 31. <laughs> I want to play the audio from another recent work that you did. This is a visual poem. Um, this dropped in February of 2021. Maybe a, a different mood in the air at that point. It's before a lot of people were vaccinated. Mm-hmm. The People were not yet out on the streets. Um, and this is called Morning Scuffle. You found that waking up in a state of fight didn't compare to the feeling of waking up and breathing life into yourself. Your warrior spirit is best exemplified by your fight for your own rest. The prioritization of peace over urgency is made obvious in the way your fists now clench and unravel, only as a form of release. In your own capable hands, In my hands and the hands of your homeland, you are divinely and profoundly protected. Your fight is my fight and our fight is theirs, and in our own hands, we feel that access to our inner light is only an unclenched fist away. And that is Morning Scuffle by Cammie Thomas. That is, again, your poetry. That's my poetry, and that's my girlfriend's voice. (laughs) That's great. So you didn't have to look far to find the the voice artist. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) And so what was the thinking in this? 
You know, yeah, it's funny. I haven't heard that uh, in in months. I, you know, I think I wrote that when we were super snowed in mm-hmm. um, on the south side, and I they don't clean the streets um, around Benton Park. I, they do not. They yeah. do not plow the streets in this city. I learned that, and I was like, what's what's going on? When are they coming? And I have a little coop, and it just I couldn't go anywhere. Um, but I had a new camera, and I had a new lens, so. I wanted to just do a lens test, um, but then from there, I was—I I would say, like, pretty in my feelings. I think being very snowed in, there's no sun, and I felt very, very cooped up and a little bit of um, alone. And I think I wrote this to sort of remind myself of the support system that I have and that we all have for each other. Um, and I do have some some workaholic tendencies, so even in that aspect, and I like that my girlfriend was the one who who read it as someone who's always encouraging me to put the computer down for a second, maybe get some rest every once in a while, maybe get some sleep and things like that. So it was just everything that was on my mind. Uh, and a lot of people like to journal and different things, but I, I like poetry. That's sort of where I turn to. So that was the inspiration behind that piece. So there's a line from this poem, your warrior spirit is best exemplified by your fight for your own rest. I kind of loved that. Like yeah. <laughs> you can't get the rest until you put all of your strength to work in, yeah. in carving out that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like with with rest, it feels it's the hardest thing for me to do. I I have to fight myself to to get rest, um, even like carving time out of my schedule, but also just relaxing enough to convince myself the world will not end if I stand still for a second or if I sit down or put down my computer and realizing that that was something I had to overcome within myself, again, with the help of my girlfriend who who read this Um so, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you like that line. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, th- I thought it was beautiful. And, and you are very busy. I think that's why this, this <laughs> concept of rest is something that, that you have to almost grapple with. You don't take it for granted. Yeah, not at all. Um, how do you balance these creative projects that you're doing um, for yourself or for your own vision versus work you're doing for somebody who's paying you to, to bring it into fruition? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm still trying to figure out that ideal balance. Um, the way that I've approached it, even up until the last few months, has just been to do it all um, and, you know, not sleep and just, yeah, I'd have the mornings or, you know, the nine to five kind of time to do client work and then until three in the morning to do my own stuff mm. and dedicate it to that. I mean, and no then, wonder you're yeah. dreaming of rest. Right. Oh, uh, absolutely. And a lot of, yeah, poetry and things and even ideas for things actually come in dreams because I'm still... Um, I feel like running through ideas in my head when I'm sleeping and things like that. But the way I balance it best is just recognizing I'm not going to be able to give my best to clients or even to myself if I'm not getting some rest, if I'm not letting that creative sort of clock reset every once in a while. So I'm still working on it, but it's it's gotten better this year for sure. Do you feel like all the the trappedness of the pandemic, the fact that people couldn't do as much, um, that that was maybe good for you in some ways? Definitely. It definitely was. I think people now have more patience for each other. Um, you know, the idea of even though we're working from home, it doesn't mean that that means we're readily available and accessible 100% of the time. I think it definitely made people sit down and rest and folks who never really meditated sort of, you know, unintentionally went into a state of meditation mm-hmm. um, that drove a lot of us crazy, obviously, you know, being uh, in lockdown. But I definitely think it reset things. It, it allowed me the ability to work more remotely because we realized, oh, a lot of this stuff, we don't actually need to be in person to meet or, you know, things like that. So, 
it slowed up the pace a little bit, and I think that that's helped immensely. So you used to call your productions For the Culture, mm-hmm. and you earned a following for the For the Culture work that you did. Now you've changed the name. It's it's my friends and I made this for you. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. signal a shift in your work? Definitely, yeah. It signaled a huge shift. You know, when I made For the Culture, that was in 2016. I was a completely different person creatively, personally. I mean, you know, we, we grow so much, but for me that's ages – I guess 23 to now 28. So during that shift, it's Those just are like, years of great change. So much change. It's, it seems like I became a different person every single year, which I guess is maybe the point. Um, and yeah, I, I love for the culture and the name of it, but it just, it, it didn't really resonate with where I was and how I even create now. And it's like, I don't want to make things for any particular audience. I want to make it with, like with my people. So for the culture is like, oh, it's me creating it for you. But I'm in the stage of not just wanting to burn myself out and make a product for someone else. I want to work with the community mm-hmm. um, and be amongst the community and create alongside the community. So my friends and I, it just was a phrase I was using all the time because of like, oh, yeah, my friends and I went to the mall. My friends and I made this. My friends and I cooked together. And it just became this sort of thing in this statement. And I realized like, oh, I that's what I want this to be called. So it's my friends and I and then the audio tag of my friends and I made this for you uh, in front of everything just to show people like you are also in- if you choose to engage with this work like I'm talking about you too like you're also our friend you're also part of the community um, and it just feels it just feels right for right now. And how has it changed your work to, to have that more collaborative spirit going into it? Do you find like uh, let's talk about uh, Summer in St. Louis mm-hmm. is that film a different film because of that mindset than it would have been if you were doing it four or five years ago? Yeah definitely I mean I where I was even writing from the way I'm able to write poetry I feel like I me and my friends, you know, or my friends and I, we joke that it feels like we're on Mars when we create. But when I was writing the poem, I wrote it all in one sitting, did not go back to edit it at any point, just said, let me just pour out and see what comes out. And that's the poem that came out. Um, but I was not even able to access my own creativity um, in 2016 through through 18 or 19. Um, I had so many blockages, I think, just mm-hmm. as a human being. Um so as I cleared those and just became a more open, you know, communicative, uh, flowing, love flowing person, my creativity changed because of that. So that changed. Um, the amount of people I bring into projects has changed. So even like you said, the piece itself, I, I listen to that all the time as if it's just a song. I mean, I guess a song that I wrote, but the way Mastermind approached that, approached that as a score came from his heart and then the poem came from my heart and then the filming of it itself and the visuals came from Papa's heart and then Jazzy who edited it, that came from her heart. So you just have this this loving byproduct of that and that's something completely different than how I used to approach my work. So it feels, yeah, it just feels good. Hearing you talk about these various members of your team, it, it does just sound great. Like you and your friends are making amazing stuff because everybody's doing the thing that they're good at. Um, but it seems like so many times if somebody really wants to take their art to the next level, they get this idea that they have to leave St. Louis. Mm. Is that something that's on your mind? And, and how do you deal with that, with the fact that you've got such good collaborators here? Yeah, no, I love St. Louis. I, My girlfriend and I, we, you know, we've been doing long distance for the last three years. So we we do have a place in L.A. and we're, you know, doing that because I love Miami. She loves here. But it's just nice to have a a place that we can sort of build on our own. So a place that's yours collectively. Exa- exactly. Yeah. So um, because of that, like I will be splitting my time more half and half. Um, but I'm keeping my place here. My family's here. My roots are here. 
Um, and, you know, I've said before, and not to, I'll keep it short, but there used to sort of be this idea when I was growing up within my own community with the black community that like we didn't have roots or access to our roots because that's true in a lot of ways. We don't have access to our West African roots. However, I, it took a while for me to realize like I do have roots though. I have roots here. My parents are from St. Louis, Mm -hmm. their parents, their parents, like for many generations, we have roots particularly to this city. So the way we talk, the, like what we eat, the way we dance, all of these things have roots to this city. So when I imagine creating and making things, I, I don't I don't think I can do that without my roots. So I have to make stuff here. It's not just that I choose to, it's that I feel like I have to, um, to make the best work or to make, make the things that feel most authentic and the most like me and who I am right now. So I, yeah, I will always choose to create things here. This is the best place to create things by far. We have a community um, and a support system in the city that I have never seen you know, anywhere else. So I don't plan on getting rid of that anytime soon. Well, I love hearing that. Um, Cami Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.